Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 74 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. Joined, as always, by my mainest man, Willie Saylor. I'm in VA. Willie's in Texas. And we've got some talking to do. What's happening, Willie? What's up, Christian Piles? What are you What are you trying to do? Stump me today? Is that what the, the thing is on the show today? You're going to mess with me about pound-for-pound rankings? Willie, Sailor, I love you. You are my brother. But you have made some critical errors in your pound for pound rankings. Now, in this in this scenario, I'm I am Stephen A. You are Skip. No. You are Slava Medvedenko. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, let's just get it started. Why not? No no formalities. No 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 catching up. Pound for pound came out yesterday. And Willie, you're the best high school ranker in the game, bar none. But you're wrong, you know you're wrong, as our boy Kamal Bay would say. Did he take that from somewhere? Did, did I, I don't know if he did, did, but he should definitely trademark it before I do. Because <laughs> that was that was a great line. Um, th- there's a few different, and we talked a little bit about it. Last last show, the pound for pound rankings, and yeah, and you want to keep on it. I do because I actually educated myself further, and mm-hmm. I, I think there's a couple guys. Oh, you did some research. I did, I did, and what I found is that you will eventually, I I believe, come around. I believe that I've I've been wrong before and changed rankings without results changing before, and you can do the same, Willie, and. I'm talking about Marinelli, Fix, and Suriano specifically. Mm-hmm. I believe that both those guys should be ahead of Alex Marinelli. No questions asked. Um, not only looking looking at these wins, I'll say this first: Nick Suriano should be ahead of Dayton Fix. Okay, he he is ahead of Dayton Fix. Okay, uh, so I'm saying that I agree with that. Nick Suriano and Dayton Fix as a group, should go ahead of one Alex Marinelli. And here's why. Well, then what do you do with, then what do you do with Pletcher and Young? They, they stay back. They, they don't have, they don't, they do not have the wins like these guys have. Not even, not even close, actually. So, looking at Marinelli's wins. Suriano and Fix don't have the wins that Pletcher and, I mean, Yanni, Pletcher and Yanni don't have the wins that Suriano and Fix do? I don't think so. Uh, certainly, yeah, I don't believe so. Dayton Fix wins. Spencer Lee, Spencer Lee, Yanni Diakamahalas, Stefan Micic, Nick Suriano, Vito Arujao, Ronnie Bresser, Rudy Yates. I mean, right here, Rudy Yates, that's like the ninth. I kind of put these in an approximate order. Rudy Yates is probably where you could throw in Mason Manville if we were like stacking up Dayton's. And Marinelli's win. So that's like eight or nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So what you're saying is, what you're saying is, Dayton's like eighth best win is Marinelli's like first top best win. Yeah, and then after Rudy Yates, you've got Mitch McKee, Jack Mueller, Eric Hong, Ethan Lezak, who won two matches at NCAA's, Austin O'Connor twice, Kanan Store twice. I mean, it is just, uh, it is not close. And I can't accept the well, he doesn't lose. I mean, Flow Nationals, where? Fargo, Junior Duels, UWW Juniors, UWW Junior Trials, Cadets. Um, You know, 
Super 32. He's he's not there. So, of course, he's not losing, Willie. And the wins just are not. I, I, you're enamored with these wins. I mean, Manville's fine, but as I said, Manville, um, you know, he's barely pound for pound right now. Um, Montalvo. Well, what are you saying I'm enamored with wins? What, what well, wins are I enamored with? Well, when, I, when, when me and you were beefing about this offline, I didn't say I was enamored with him. I said he had more than what you're giving him credit for. That's here's, all I said. here's the wins I've got. Manville, Montalvo, um, Hughes, and Weiler. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, man. It's not even close. Those guys don't even make the list on, on Dayton Fix's wins. And then you've got Nick Suriano, who's beaten Fix, Lee, Red, Pletcher, Yanni, Arujao, Beardunfel, Karam. Like, it's just not close. And you want to talk about not losing, Nick Suriano has one loss in like a year, over a year. Well, and also, he has better he, He's you want to talk about not competing? Nick Nick didn't compete a lot. Okay, but either is Marinelli, and Nick Soriano has unquestionably better wins than Alex Marinelli. I mean, Nick Soriano lost a month ago, like three weeks ago. Uh huh. And then before that, he hadn't lost at all. I mean, in because over, he was on he, that same he was on that same Marinelli schedule. But okay, so he, they're on the same schedule, and Nick Soriano has better, far better wins, like not even debatable. Fix, Lee, Red, Pletcher, Yanni, Arujo, Beardumpel, Karam. I mean, come on. And his only uh, losses are to Lee, Arujo, and Fix. Those guys have to be ahead of Alex Marinelli. You cannot, I cannot come to terms with them being behind him. It, it, there's no argument. I don't care if he doesn't lose. Of I course, mean, perhaps, of course he perhaps, doesn't lose. Perhaps Marinelli could be lower, but the order of the rest of the guys, I'm, I'm fine with. Uh, I think those two have clearly proven more than than Alex Marinelli, and of course he's not losing. Of course. I mean, so I, so at the end of the day, your beef isn't really with the order of the rankings, other than Marinelli doesn't deserve to be that high, is what you're saying. Yes, and and so, well, and Dayton Fix should not be number nine. Well, where should he be? He should be. Um, I guess since I believe Suryan should be ahead of him. Uh, I think it should go Hall, Lee, Renan, Suriano, Fix. So they're four and five. And then you know you, I, I could I could back up Marinelli even further, but it's it, that's a little more close with when you're comparing him with the Yanni Pletcher kind of guys. But it, it's it's just not it's nothing against Alex Marinelli. I, I'm not faulting him if he doesn't want to compete in these tournaments. Do do whatever you think is best for you, and you're going to be a stud, and I think he's going to be great at the next level, and he's great right now. But if if it's rankings and it's process-based, and you're not just saying, I think he's better, you're saying, well, there's, uh, this is all about what they've done or not done, you can't have Alex that high. Well, I mean, like I said to you, you I think you, in your process, you, you're – you like to reward wins and and almost in a, like a points. Now you don't disagree. You you disagree with this characterization of what I'm saying, but it, you almost have this point system where if you have a point, it never goes away. Um. And and I don't. I like yeah. I recognize the tough wins for sure. I recognize the elite wins, but there's also when you lose, <laughs> it, you take a hit. Well, you don't lose when you don't wrestle, Willie. You don't lose I when mean, you don't wrestle. 
That's yeah. it's it's you're 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 basically rewarding not wrestling and not that I don't think these guys that's not Marinelli's motivation. He's not not wrestling because he wants to hold a high. That's I know that's not it, but that's what happens. Your your process has to reward wrestling as well. And when you stack up these wins, I mean the guys that that Dayton lose are losing to are about as good as as uh, Marinelli's best win. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I don't know if I'm yeah. articulating. Yeah. So it's like, well, yeah, he's losing the guys, but the guys that Marinelli beat are borderline. I mean, I certainly see your point. I certainly see your point. And I, you know, to have Suriano, you could right. I you could put the rankings, put the pound for pound where you said them. You could have Suriano four and fix five, but I, I don't think it's I a mean, could. It's a it's a should. I, I don't I don't see it that way. I, I mean don't, I don't understand why a, because one win. You're talking about you're talking about having a guy fifth in pound for pound that just took fourth in a tournament. This is pound for pound. All these guys have crazy resumes, man. No, they don't. Not, not even not even close. It's not even like a close resume. Like I'm sorry, Xavier Montalvo is his second best win. When he beat Xavier Montalvo, Montalvo also lost to. Tony Daly at that same tournament. Look, Fix just lost. Fix just lost to guys that are in the pound for pound. Right, but that also have losses to like Anthony Safolo and and Vitalia Raju got tech fault by Tim Kane this summer. Okay. I mean, so don't put them in the pound for pound. Well, they belong in the pound for pound, but back end. I mean, I, I, you know, Dayton didn't get beat by Kale Sanderson, and you can't. You know, that's uh, not just a mulligan. It it you drop him. I'm saying you drop him, but you can't. You want to drop him? You want to drop Dayton two spots for losing two matches yes. to two guys that weren't pound for pound last week? That's fine with me. I mean, what? Look at these wins, man. He's beating all these good guys. He had one. If he if it continues, if he goes somewhere, if he loses at KCI, if he loses whatever. No, 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 no. That's not the way it works. The way it works is he beats an elite guy. And he'll move back up. Listen, you haven't seen if you. Dayton is the same guy as far as we know. One tournament doesn't change the reality of what Dayton is. If you get continued struggles, then you have then you have identity change, and then you say, "Okay, who he is." It has to do with black and white results. Uh, he just, black and he white just, results. Don't bring those up. Twice. He just lost twice. Where's Alex Marinelli? Of course he's not losing. You can't say he just lost twice when the guy we haven't seen Marinelli since conflict, uh, whatever. And then before that, we hadn't seen him since Ohio State. Of course he's not losing. All right, but what about Red Pletcher, Yanni Suriano? Uh, Basically, you're just you're just comparing Fix and Marinelli. Uh, I, I you're advocating. You're not advocating for anything other than than one resume versus another. You're not. You're not really ad. You're not. Well, really I'm saying if that's the number four guy, I've got two guys with one thousand percent. I'm saying, I'm saying number two guy. Number two guy loses to two guys that aren't pound for pound. He's dropping significantly. Um, and I just disagree. I I couldn't disagree any strongly. I mean, these wins, Willie. Just say it out loud. Spencer Lee, Spencer Lee, Yanni D, Michich, Suriano, Aruja, Bresser, Yates, McKee, yeah, Mueller, Hong, right? Lezak, right. exactly. O'Connor twice. Why, which is why he was number two to begin with, which was why he's not completely out after this tournament. If that happens to anybody else, if anybody loses to two non-pound-for-pound guys 
and doesn't have the wins that Dayton has, they come out. They come out completely out of the uh, pound for pound. Yeah, Dayton is in because of those wins. Dayton is nine because of those wins. Dayton's ahead of Stevenson and Wood and Manville and Karam and Araju because of those wins, because of that consideration. But if anybody else on, you know, if that was Luke Pletcher, if that was Chad Red, they'd probably be out completely. I mean, I just don't get the, I don't get where you do not want to, you do not want to hold accountable those losses. I don't get you, it. You keep saying that. I just think you you vastly over. No, if it was up to you, the guy would have went from two to four. Amen. That's asinine. Not not at all. That's exactly. That's precisely where he belongs. Nick Soriano uh, uh, has just as much of a gripe, if not more. He doesn't have as many wins, but he's beaten everybody, and he oh, has very he few losses. To give Soriano credit for a Spencer Lee win for three years ago. Okay, fine. Take that one away. Fix, Red, Pletcher, Yanni, Arujo, Beardumful, Karam. Take take the Spencer Lee one away. That's fine. Beardumful? Beardumful. Again, that was January of... That, I mean, that was March of 2002. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I can't get with this. I can't stand... You can't get with one guy. You, you don't like Marinelli's ranking. That's all you don't like. That's all... You don't like Marinelli's ranking. Not at all. Not right. at well, all. Well, then say you don't like Marinelli's ranking. I am. Okay. We have we've we've uh, beaten that to death. All right. I'm disappointed. Very disappointed. Um. I. I, I can't believe you're You're really struggling with this. I'm not. No. 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 You. You are the one. One thousand percent struggling right now. I'm not struggling. I'm it. Brother. I, brother, I have, man. I have the rankings. They're done. They're up. And that's the way they are. Change them. Willie, oh. Willie. You're wrong. You know you're wrong. Change it. Back them up. Back them up. Throw it in reverse. Throw it in reverse. Use your rear view mirror and back them up. It's not too late. If it's I never was, too late to do the right thing. If I was wrong, I would change them. I, I, I'm not beyond making mistakes, but that's not a mistake. Oh, oh, it's a catastrophic mistake. I have I have changed I've changed rankings before when when somebody has made a good argument when somebody said, "Hey, so go ahead. We'll get This is just your this pride. Is, this, this is, is pride. Well, you just no, won't admit it." How Willie! Is it how is it pride when I'm I'm admitting that I've listened to reason before? This isn't reason. This is that's It isn't this, reason? No, you don't have valid points. I don't have valid points. No. <laughs> All I have are valid points. You're the one that that just well he doesn't lose. Who cares? He doesn't wrestle. Mm. Uh, yes. Nope. Yep. Unbelievable. You stick. You stick to the college side. No. Go stick to the. I college. will help anyone. You need. Hey. Go stick to the college side. Let's move on. Next I'm so time. offended. You're you're offended because you have to win every argument. I. Well, I no, I'm not worried about that. That just happened. I, I'm worried about the rankings being right. Are you gonna stutter on? Or are you gonna change topics? You change it. You change it. Be the change. I refuse to to deviate. All right, another to topic. Another topic about Dayton fixes. It. Like you read message boards, which might be your first problem. Might that is like your first problem. Well, I think it's uh, there's this thing about Dayton fixes size that's just like 
uh, incongruent. Uh, you know, when Dayton beat when Dayton beat Spencer Lee, everybody was like, "Well, Dayton is so huge; he must cut a ton of weight." And that's not even indicative. Like they they were two weight classes different, and and some people even said that about Junior uh, World Team Trials. And how big he was, and and other other things that he was so apparent, uh, allegedly so big, and now he he loses, and everybody like not everybody, but there are message boards post everywhere that's like, well Dayton was obviously much smaller, like he is a different weight class than Luke Karam. So what is it? Is he too big or too small? I, I don't know. You're reading too much message boards. He's he's uh he's the right size for for 26. I mean he wrestled international 121 mm-hmm. yeah i don't i don't think maybe actually lighter than that for 54 he made 54 um so yeah he's a, competing at a slightly smaller weight but w- the weight wasn't the the problem for dayton and it's not been this e- enormous advantage either maybe no, I'm just, it, it may just... it might have been actually a big advantage against spencer lee um spencer was not a true 54 and dayton was every bit of 54 kilograms yeah i'm just i'm just saying i think it's interesting that uh the community can't really make up its mind on how big dayton fix is or isn't um i don't know i think it's uh i think i think he's where he needs to be and i and and he's gonna be he's gonna be 25 ish for a long time so i mean that's how big he is okay yeah no no disagreements there dayton's wrestling at the right weight uh, what what was this? You want to talk about bottom wrestling a little bit? Yeah, that's another kind of um, message board message board topic. Um, the Iowa fans were the Iowa fans of the Iowa message board was. Oh my gosh, um, why are you reading on there, Willie? That's so. Di- that's uh, It's actually uh, the Hawkeye report's been pretty good lately, actually. Oh my gosh, they have. Um, but they you know they they were talking about Alex Thompson. Alex Thompson went to Super Thirty Two and. Dropped a couple matches, and the kid's freaking amazing. I love Alex Thompson's skill set. But um, they were kind of critical of him on, on, on taking neutral. And he took neutral a couple times, and it, it sort of it ended up resulting in a couple overtime matches. But um, I'm not just coming at Hawkeye Report here or these particular posters. I, I say in general, you always hear this um, across the country that – I mean. It's like auto bottom, right? Like when, when it's your choice, you take bottom. And why? Why do people – you don't need – you're really after that one point? I mean, if you, you – I don't think the, the one point is really um, that important. Now, you're going to – the obvious counter to that is, well, if he would have got out, he wouldn't have went to overtime. He would have won both those matches. Okay, he would have he won the matches if he got a takedown too. There's a lot of times when you take bottom, you don't know how good, especially in high school. In college, you know, in college, you know the how good people are on top. Mm-hmm. In high school, there's all kinds of different. You don't know, you don't know this guy's abilities. You know, I mean, Dayton Fix probably never seen Luke Karam wrestle before in his life. I mean, Alex Thompson probably never saw Tyshawn White wrestle before in his life. So. Um, why take the risk of going underneath and getting turned? Well, just, just you're just after that one point. I mean, I 
if I if I'm in a big national tournament and I my kids wrestling, I'm telling them to take neutral every time. Well, wait, hold on. What, what kid? It, what kid are you telling? You don't. It's totally who who. What's the kid's skill set? Is he a mat wrestler? Is he better on his feet? Say? What did I just say? You said if it's my kid, I don't know what that. In means. high school, you don't know. In high school, you don't know. What if your guy's not good on his feet? What if he's, you know, what if he doesn't get rid? It's all, it's totally skill set based. All right, if I'm Alex Thompson's coach at Super Thirty Two, I'm telling him to take neutral. Okay, that's fine. Uh, Alex Thompson's, Alex Thompson's awesome on his feet. Right. Yeah, I think you go where you're good, especially shortened periods at Super Thirty Two. Uh, you, you go where where you have the most confidence. I I agree. I I feel like though, Willie. It's it's changing. I think people are understanding the not taking bottom. I I see it in college all the time. Guys will go neutral. Guys will go. I see. Underneath. I I see less people taking neutral in high school than I ever have. Yeah. Well, in high school, it's very rare that these guys are encountered get, getting ridden. You know what I mean? Um. So it's just this kind of built-in thing. They've had so much success. But in college, you, you see guys take neutral all the time or in like AJ Shop. Some guys will just take top. So I, I feel like it's changing. I feel like it's the, the again, culture. In, again, in college, you know. College, you know. The, the, what the, the guys commodity. got. Right. Right. Well, I yeah. I I mean, here's, here's an example, right? Like you wrestled <laughs> – you wrestle the first two periods, you take the guy down three times, you lead 8-3 going to the third period, right? Right. Why would you what take bottom? It, what does the kid take? They take bottom every freaking time. Why? For what? All you're doing is putting yourself at risk, and maybe you get out in seven seconds, okay? That doesn't mean it was a good decision because for all you knew, that kid could have been great on top. Yeah. I mean, I... it's just it's an unnecessary risk. Yeah. Oh, I, I completely agree. I mean, I, I've put kids, you know, back in the day when I used to coach, you know, you put kids neutral. If they're, if they're dominating on the feet, you keep them there. I don't know, man. I don't see it. I see everybody taking bottom, like as a, a you know, automatic. Yeah. As a default. What's your choice? Down. Why? Why? Well, if it's a scoreless match, you know, I can't. Okay, let's, for the sake of argument. I mean, basically. I mean, they I do it in every situation. They do it in every freaking situation. Okay. Doesn't matter what you know. Yes, of course. Sometimes situation dictates that you need a point, and you go underneath, and you know you you need your point. But there's they're doing it in every situation. Okay. I'm good so, there. I'm good with the bottom talk. Good with the bottom talk. So Wait, I what's uh, next? huh? What's next? Huh? We uh, the last last week I went to um. Campbell, NC State, and UNC, Willie. And uh, yes, I encourage all of you to check out all three of those coverages because they were great. Three very different programs, but three programs that I think you should expect a, a lot of success out of um, down the line. But I, I had a real treat, Willie. This was like – Do you know what uh, – Thank you, you Willie. What? Thanks for that nice interruption. Do you know I what? wasn't in the middle of anything. You know. Hold on. Yeah, go you ahead. What? No, you your what? your thoughts are more important. What's up? They are. Do, do you know what the funding is at Campbell? Like what their scholarship situation is? Uh, yeah, I think they they got full, full, uh, full throttle. Nine, nice. nine point nine. Yeah, it's a really good situation. One thing I learned about Campbell, and I kind of I heard when when we had carry on FRL, he talked about how it was a really good academic school. 
So I did a little research. I was like, wow, Campbell is a really, really good school academically. But it's a gym, man. Like, uh, okay, it's not in a, a bustling metropolis per se, but it's a it's a really sweet school. It's got a lot of good stuff going for it and a lot of off-the-mat offerings. Um, it, you know, for these kids are Bowie's, coming. Bowie's Creek, small town, right? Very small. Very like small. one stoplight. Churchville-esque. Yeah, yeah, it's small. But I hear, I hear it's, I mean, maybe because of that. Um, I've heard that the the campus community is really strong. Like they support each other a lot. They show up to a lot of each other's events. They let everybody knows you, everybody. Yes, yeah, it's definitely like that. It's a small campus, small school, but they they've got a, a good thing going there and um, big roster now, and and that's one of their advantages, I think, that they can they can take a lot of guys on their team and um, coach them up and 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 turn them into gems. And they, it's just. Colat and Coach Chin right now. Coach Colat and Coach Chin. So it's just a two-man show. Um, Quentin Godley is training at NC State this year, trying to make the the Olympic team. So, you know, it's they're a little short staff for this year, but I think I think they're going to be really really tough. I liked how, how he runs practice and and everything in between, and, and think he's a really good leader. So I'm excited for for Campbell. Check that stuff out. Really cool school. Um, Got a lot of different things. Of course, NC State was awesome, as well. Um, they, they're uh, man, they run a they run a tight ship there. I had no idea. Watch my interview with um, with Coach Papalizio if you get a chance, man. The un- uncompromising standards of of behavior. That's and another academics. program. That's another program. I mean, slightly different from Campbell. Um, you know, when I said the community is all there, but uh, the 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 team, in and of itself, at NC State, I feel like is a real family-oriented um, group. You know, they're like all on the same page. All seem to do all the things right. You know, same page, exactly right. And if you fall out of line, it's um, you're not gonna last long there. I can't. They're very black and white. Um, yeah, I, I really encourage you to to listen to that because it, it was some insight into. Kind of how Coach Papalizio works, and, and I was there a couple years ago. Um, I think two years ago, and I was really like, like, I was really impressed with Tommy Gant, the way he was like oh, a yeah. team, the the way he was like a team leader, and and the way the kids, the, the rest of the team looked up to him. I mean, this guy is just, you know, he's a peer, but at the same time, he's he's a leader. Yeah, you know? get this. To the point, last year Tommy Gant, and I've been talking about Tommy Gant for a while now. Tommy Gant redshirted last year, did great. To the point, they started like just bringing him on trips because he was just so good for the morale, so good for the team. Like he was just, he ended up like traveling with them. Like he's just a great dude. And he, he breaks dudes in that room. He just does not get tired. He can go up and down the lineup, and apparently he, he can beat almost everyone. <laughs> what's his, what's your outlook for him this year? Um, it's high. I think I think he can place. I think he can place very high. I think he's got that level of talent, and his offense is improving. He's super hard to score on. He's good upper body, but he can attack legs as well. Good. Is pace. he from? Is he from North Carolina or is he from Florida? He's from one of the two. I think he's from Illinois, actually. He's or he's from, or either that or he's from Illinois. <laughs> uh, Anchorage, Alaska, Willie. No, he's from Illinois. I do yeah. believe. Yes, yeah, Illinois. So. Look out for him, fifth year. He was a guy like I didn't. I was not aware of him in high school. I don't. Like, he, dude, 
Oh, and get this. Gant is one of two guys that made it made the transition from what Carter Jordan was that his name? The old yeah. NC State show, to yeah. Coach Popolizia. They all they pretty much I don't want to say they ran him off, but they came in, they changed the culture. Yeah, and, they, they overhauled it. And Gant and I think Karan Jones were the only two that made it. And like that's such a that's a tribute to Tommy and a tribute to and he really believed in Coach Popolizio and um so yeah, he's one of two guys that that made it, which really says about kind of the state of the program before and and where it's gone now. So Tommy Gant, big things, big things to come there for NC State. But UNC, and this was more this wasn't really the you know, I go over there to do coverage to to interview the guys, to shoot practice, stuff like that. But this was this was something like non related to the coverage with Coleman Scott. So first of all, Coleman Scott gets to eat like six bites a day. He gets these little tiny things like he he's using the service that like MMA fighters use, Willie, and they just mail him his food and it, he just pulls one out of the box and that's breakfast and this is lunch and this and it's just these little things. He had this little piece of chicken and like a little biscuit type thing and that that was like his lunch. He literally ate it in like 46 seconds. Okay. 46? 46. I timed him. He asked me to. And um, you were eating a cheesesteak? So, no. So, okay. We were just talking in his office. And then, you know, I'm getting hungry because I, um, you know. Get hungry? Because I, I get hungry. So, I'm like, Coach, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to step out. I'm going to grab lunch real quick. He's like, I'll come. I'm like, okay. I'm, I'm about to throw down some serious food in front of <laughs> you, brother. So, I felt like. <laughs> but I said that. I was like, man, I really don't. I don't feel great eating for. He's like, I don't, I don't care. He really doesn't care. He's just so bottom line. But anyways, so we end up eating. Uh, I, I eat some food, and he's talking to me all about his like his ridiculous path to make the Olympic team, right? Which there was way more to it than than I actually realized. So we we talk about that, and then he talks to me about you know his Asgarov match, who he lost to in the semis, and you know, how it was close. And like in my mind, I didn't really remember it was that close. So what we did, we go back and we're just talking wrestling, right? And he's like, I'll show you, I'll show you. So we end up, what did eat- you have to eat? I want to know what you had to eat. Oh, I ate a, uh, I, I didn't eat a lot. You know, I kind of, I had a, uh, a burrito, like a Chipotle, <laughs> like a Chipotle burrito. Chicken. You had a big ass burrito. It and w- he's, he's eating mail order food. It was not big actually. They were, <laughs> This place ran out of the large burritos. Like, they only had the small flour tortilla thing. So, it was actually kind of small. So, I didn't I didn't really pig out. I didn't get, like, the, you know, a truck stop kind of steak dinner in front of him. So, I didn't feel so bad. Plus, when you eat in front of the coaches, you don't want to eat, like, you want them to, you want to create this illusion that, like, you're, you're health conscious. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Like, I, I, I don't do that. Get this, Willie. After Worlds in Vegas... I think it was Worlds. <laughs> I'm sitting in the airport waiting to take my flight home. And I'm eating like – I hadn't gotten to eat any food for like hours. So I just like go and I get all this pizza. And I'm it just, is so terrible on the road when we go oh on the road. God. I mean we could maybe – we could maybe make a more concerted effort. But it's hard. Like you're the last one out. The only thing open is like Sabaro. you know, a, a, a fat value meal. You know, right. full of full of saturated fat, 
Uh, it's it's a terrible lifestyle. Anyway, it, it is. So I'm sitting in the airport eating the this terrible greasy pizza, and and Chris Bono and John Reeder walk by, <laughs> judgment in their eyes. Um, not really, but they're giving me a little hard time, saying my body's a temple, stuff like that. So yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I don't like to eat like a savage in front of these coaches. I like them to think uh, I take care of myself and I'm not a pig. Anyways. So we're eating. I eat in front of him. Then we go back to his office and, like, I want to watch these matches. So we end up watching, like, all – we watch his World Cup and then we watch his Olympics. And it was like this – and we watched the matches, like, in order that they happened. So it was like you – I'm, like, living this Olympic journey. I'm, like, watching it unfold next to the guy and, and you're seeing why he has this dream, like – of of being an Olympic champion, it was like it was so I don't know it was That's ins- awesome. It was so powerful to me, like to watch him lose to Asgaroff and sit there and we like would rewind different. No, was Asgaroff the semi? It was the semi. So we're and I please find that match on it's probably on YouTube somewhere. Asgaroff Coleman Scott great match and one that I didn't really I watched it and I've watched it probably a couple times. I didn't realize how close he was to winning that match. Truly, he really gave it. and then. As Garoff smoked Kadukov in in the finals, mm-hmm. so really you could say, you know, Coleman was maybe the second best guy. So it, you like live, you sort of. I hear his story. He talks in depth about making the team and 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 the hardships he endured. And then you watch the matches with him, and I'm like, and then I'm watching him work out and train and eat so little. It's like I'm seeing every aspect of the dream and the motivation is like, it, it just like it was like insanely moving to me. And to watch him win bronze and the emotion and his fam. I don't know, man. It was like one of the most – it it was inspiring to me. And it was like, how do you not root for Coleman Scott? Yeah. It was yeah. It was, it was something else, man. Coleman's always been very um, – it's easy to root for the guy. It's easy to um, think highly of him because he says the right things. And, and and he and he does the right things and he's he lives the life. Yeah. And he was like he was able cuz like some of this stuff like how he gets to his his cross ankle pick is really cool and he was talking me through step by step like how he hits it and like some shots he takes before he can even like he does some reattacks where he shoots before he even sees anything like his back is turned and he just like shoots to an area and the the legs supposed to be there and like it happened in the Olympics. And like you watch it and it's like all, you don't understand the world level wrestling. Like we say this all the time, Willie. Like the how good these guys are, and how better, much better they are than college or, or high school guys. It's it's crazy the the other level. And just listen to him. It was kind of like me listening to Mike Malinconico talking about you know really diving into Higher the level. technique. Yeah. It's like there's another. Like I think you know I know what I'm seeing in wrestling for the most part. And you realize how little you actually are seeing. So that was like, that was kind of a highlight moment and one that I can't really share with you guys other than telling you about it and that it was it was really special. Well, it's it's going to be a really interesting year for uh, Coleman Scott. I mean, has anything like this ever taken place? First year coach, first year head coach, trying to make the Olympic team, having to suck down to a whole new weight class because. You know his weight class isn't isn't there anymore. I mean, it's you could do a whole story on it. Yeah, honestly, you could. And the weight's coming down, man. He's he's skinnier. Um, 
you know, I don't think he's all that far away. Of course, the last whatever, five, seven, eight pounds, whatever it is, those are going to be the toughest to come off. But he's he's definitely you, you can see it that he's he's lean right now and he's got a couple months before he's got to make it. I think he said he wants to make it three times. Mm-hmm. So they're going to do some. Were you similar. able to were you able to see him in the room? Did he work out? Yeah, yeah, he worked out there? with N- Neil Arisman. Um he ran the practice in the morning, then he worked out with Neil Ayersman in the afternoon. Um, looked good. I mean, he looked good. Heck yeah. Oh man. Oh, that was another thing. Like you know, these guys are physical and they're strong. To stand within ten feet uh, and listen to him hand fight and his clubs, it sounded like someone was like <laughs> slapping someone's face as hard as you could. I mean, he put throws that club on, and it's so casual. It's not like he rears it back or anything. Boom, when he puts his hand on your head, it is like a, like loud. Yeah. Like rocking. I mean, Neil Ayersman is a lot bigger. I mean, he probably weighs 180 anyway. He's a big, strong dude. Mm-hmm. And he's like, boom, moving his head. So, uh, yeah. He, that well, was I was talking really cool to, uh, at Super 32, I was talking to Joey Ward, and he was, you know, like I, you know the guys on the roster, but you don't, I don't know, you don't really think about it. And, and I was like, how are things going, Joey? He's like, oh, it's good i had i was in a group with uh and he, and he tells you what his group was you know in practice today and it's like man they got some horses you know he's in a group with like henderson and coleman coleman Scott and henderson and, and, and ac head i mean that's that's pretty cool stuff yeah great uh they got a good thing going there for sure so all three of those trips were awesome and look for big things out of those carolina schools it's crazy isn't it carolina second most D1 number programs. of division one programs. Yeah. You know, you don't typically think of Carolina as, as um, so busy of a D1 area, but they are. They are indeed. All right. Where to next, Willie? You tell me. You tell me. You talk about the D1 coaches and sure. rankings. Sure, let's do your, it. Your feedback. Christian gets feedback. Everybody gets feedback. Right. I got feedback this morning for 17 minutes to open the show. Um, <laughs> yes you did okay christian, christian also gets feedback for college rankings and um it amuses him sometimes it it does it well i know i don't know if it amuses me as as more than i just find it very interesting right so it's like i, I i'm not naive i i know that the the coaches probably do look at these um but i i'm very surprised in what they get, like, kind of peeved about. Like, pr- a preseason ranking, it's like, really, we're going to get mad about that? or a, um, I mean, it's it's such, well, one, it's something, you're getting wrapped up in something that you have no control over as a coach. And two, it's like, what what's your, what's your angle here to get a guy ranked? And I get, you know, some programs, it, it means, it really means something to have a guy ranked preseason. But with some of these, it's like the guy's seven and you think he should be five or something like that. And it's November. Yeah. And you're talking about this as a coach. But it, it's – it's uh, I'll tell you who it never is. It's it's never the, the Penn States, the Iowas, the Ohio States, Cornell. Uh, name the big traditional power, Missouri. It, it's never those guys. It's always the, the, the programs that, you know, they haven't reached that level of stature. And it's it's just interesting to me that well, they. Well, I you know I would 
I would say I understood if it was um, January, but not in not in November. You know, not when it's a preseason. Like, what are you you're you're arguing one or two spots? Right, right, and they don't even do their homework on stuff. Like, the, I got one this week. Like, it was just a really sarcastic message, like a one sentence, really sarcastic. Like, you know, he th- he thinks he's being funny, but he's just. He's actually ignorant and not even doing his homework. So it's like some guys will like articulate uh, a point and it's like, okay, I, I, you know, I'll consider it. But it's like for me, we're, we're told all the time how little rankings matter and how they don't matter and no one cares and it shouldn't matter. And you got coaches worrying about it, worrying about preseason rankings. It's like what message is that? And hopefully, you know, it's something that maybe they're just talking about it with, with me. And they're not complaining about it to their guys, but uh, I don't. I, I just don't get it, man. And it's like it's it further illustrates like the the elite coaches get it, and that it's all but meaningless. The funny all thing, the, the funny thing, rankings feedback to me is that I never get, I never get an email from a guy in California that writes and says that a kid from Ohio is too low. You know, well, yeah. every every one of them comes with bias. Right. You know, they're advocating for their guy, the guy they like. And, like, that fact is just – the fact that that's the case, it's just – you know, they're, they're going for their guy. They're going for their guy without looking at the big picture. Without even presenting any sort of rationale either. So I just find it interesting, you know, and there's been other coaches – not publicly and publicly that you know come come after what I'm doing and I'm I'm happy would, and it's I not that, that happened more often what that coaches come at you yeah uh and you know they do on occasion it'll probably happen more but I I just don't get I don't get caring about it any know? grief that anyone gives you I'm all in favor <laughs> after after our opening uh yeah I don't know what you you want hey I'm ready for it. I can I I feel very strongly my rankings may be wrong but I feel like I can give a rationale for every spot one through twenty in all weights and, and categories so um, I I'll at least give you my rationale whether you think it's properly used is one thing but that's that's something I do take pride in so th- that was something I wanted to talk about coaches getting wrapped up in, in stuff they can't control when that's total contrary message that I would think I would want to send to my to my athletes but I don't know anything about coaching either I'm not I haven't reached that level <laughs> Ath- you have it? athletically even after sitting with Coleman Scott you uh, no. don't have it all figured out <laughs> I do not far from it um what's this weekend for you what, what's this not not for you but what's this weekend in terms of the, the big storylines for college wrestling for college wrestling, um, there are there are many. The Hokie Open is a is a big one. Iowa State versus Virginia Tech is a big one. We've got the 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 Cowboy Open is going on. So there's a number of um, tournaments and things like that that are. That are gonna so be what what's going to happen at Hokie Open? Um, Joey Ooh. Joey McKenna going to be there against Mc- who Evan Henderson? Evan Henderson's going to be there. Of note. Um, Solomon Chisco entered in the freshman sophomore bracket. 
Yeah, I saw you tweet that. Really he wrestled in the open one last year. This year when he's going to be the guy. I think that's a little... Weight cut stuff? Yes. You know, yeah. let's get him some matches down at weight, but let's not have him take some losses that are going to have adverse effects. Or... Well, maybe, you know, you just want to get him minutes, you know? Yeah. You don't, you don't necessarily want him pressed and pushed and at some point frustrated or discouraged. You want to get him minutes down at the weight, make weight compete. Right. Get him into that rhythm. So the the Binghamton Open is always pretty interesting because every now and again, Cornell and Penn State will send guys unattached or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we could see that. I don't know that um, for sure. Speaking of, did you hear – this is like not um, – this is not confirmed, Uh-oh. but – the rumors coming out of Penn State are that Gulliban and Bo Nickel lost the wrestle-off. Uh, I did hear those rumors, and uh, I didn't really follow up to find out if they're true. I you know, I don't know what to make of that. Very interesting. Gulliban lost to, and now this is allegedly, um, Gary Dinmore from Jersey. Um, Dinmore had a really interesting high school career where he a three-time state runner-up, but he lost to uh, uh, the same guy twice. Was it Ashnault? No clue. It was somebody ridiculous like Ashnault. And then he lost to Jack Clark his senior year and um, redshirted last year and uh, allegedly lost, uh, allegedly beat Jimmy Gulliban in wrestle-offs. Bo Nickel, it's, I was told, got beat by Brian Brill. Brian Brill, who um, wrestled, wrestled and won at the Dapper Dan. Um, went to Lehigh for a year or two, and now is at Penn State. So he was a that's... state champ, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Marsteller beat him in the finals, one one of his for one of his yep. four titles. Yep. Same school as he he wasn't originally from the same school as the Alton's. Then transferred in there. So I don't know. That's just are you allowed little... to? Have, what are the transfer rules like in Pennsylvania? Because didn't Zane Rutherford have to sit out for a transfer one time? Yeah, it's it's goofy. It's like. I don't know if if the if the school year so in the Rutherford situation the school he was leaving like put a petition in like that's no so, this is that's so lame yeah I'm I don't get that so yeah that's that's interesting I'm not gonna really overreact I mean Ian Paddock beat Hunter Steber um, the year yeah he... so I started a thread on the mat about um, hey refresh my memory what were some of the biggest wrestle off losses i feel like oklahoma state's had some mm-hmm. uh, i'm not recalling johnny thompson and i forgot who he had lost to but then you know they said it was uh fritch corn johnny thompson was a national champ right lost his um yeah that was that was the big one right i mean this year courts lost is a returning all-american he lost to somebody that you know most people don't know uh rosema right um and there's been some over the years you know, some interesting, some interesting ones. So, um, I don't know. I don't know for sure if the stuff about Penn State is true, but it's interesting, right? Extremely, extremely interesting. As far as duels go, I'm not seeing any major collisions, any major matchups that you know we're gonna have. Not like a Durso versus Ashnault type of thing. South Dakota State versus Minnesota will be kind of interesting. Uh, Virginia is going against. Minnesota, excited to see that one, but but other than that, not not a whole lot. There's a lot what of about, wrestling. What about your boy, we also, you know, Speedy Claxton. 
So Taiwan Claxton, is Speedy Claxton, is that a thing? Is that a nickname of his? Speedy Claxton was a basketball player. Oh, okay. That's probably back in the ABA days, Willie. No, no. <laughs> a couple of years ago. You old man. Uh, yeah, so Taiwan Claxton was petitioning for whatever it was, a fifth year, a sixth year, whatever. And basically he's been in limbo since NCAAs and just now found out like yesterday or two days ago that he is not getting his additional year. So that's too bad for Taiwan, who was like one second away from All-American status. And now that is the end of his college career. Kind of sad. Um, and I don't know all the reasons behind why they did or didn't want to give him the uh, – Virginia at Minnesota? Right. That's a good one, that's huh? A, that's a good one. Um, you know, the the studs aren't really going to hit that much. I, I'm excited to see the Thorne-Watson match. I think Watson's really good. I want to see Fox Baldwin again. I'm wondering if they'll wrestle Fox. Are they going to pull it right now? Um, I think ultimately Fox wrestles. Like, they wanted to see how he did there. Virginia... Is serious about dual dual meets, like they really want to win any matches they have. So it's very possible we see Fox, but I'm not. I can't. I can't swear to it. Brett Farr, Zach Nye will be very good, actually. That'll be going. Brett Farr, he smashed somebody in in the finals. He won. He yeah. He beat someone good, very very bad. I want to see how big he looks. Maybe yeah, see, yeah, uh, me too. Yes. Me too. I guess he must be bigger than be smashing folks, but yeah, apparently so. We'll see. So okay, uh, okay, and then so that's this weekend, right? For college, and then we have the Farrell, of course, the Will Farrell Open, aka the NYAC, where there are. I don't like. I don't like when tournaments are there. With all due respect to one Bill Farrell, I don't. I don't like when things are named posthumously after. People really? Like, what if it was the Willie Sailor quadrangular? Stupid! It's You'd stupid. love it. You would love. No, it. I wouldn't because you know why? In forty years, I mean, nobody knows who I am now. But in forty years, they sure as hell ain't gonna know who I am. Like, uh, what about Yarigan or you know Medved or those are all named after people? What, I mean, why? Why? Know. <laughs> you know, buildings are named certain things, like the. Christian Piles Hall of Record in Staunton, Virginia. Like, Amen. why? Wait, like, in a hundred years, nobody's gonna know that name. So this is this more a little more big picture. I I don't. When they name a bridge after Major Major Michael Alvarez, like, who? Where? Nobody knows him now. They sure as hell ain't gonna know him in a hundred years. It's the same thing with cemeteries. I have a whole thing. Cemeteries. <laughs> what road are we going down, Willie? Because it's stupid. What you are know, cemeteries named after? People should not be buried. There should not be cemeteries. There should be like they should just be like oh incinerated God. and like thrown somewhere, right? Why do people get? How did we get down this road? Five, like okay, like five generations after you're in the ground, Christian. Is anybody gonna visit your grave? No, it's a waste of real estate. Throw you in the ocean. Throw your body in the ocean. Get it over with. It's a, it's a waste of space. Oh my gosh. Is space a big problem? Are we running? Uh, actually, yes. Space is a problem. Oh, my. With a cemetery in the middle of the city. Why? Why? Dig it up. Throw the bodies away. Nobody, they, they were buried in the East Coast. You know, there's graves from like 1798. What? Why? Nobody cares about that person anymore. Throw them in the ocean. Some... Dig it all up. Turn it into a parking lot or something. 
pave paradise and put up a parking lot. I mean, it's, we're talking about a waste of space. Oh my gosh! So we went from the Bill Farrell to Willie is anti cemetery. Yeah, right, yeah. I kind of went off on a tangent. Uh, you think a little mini tangent? Right. Go ahead. Proceed. Bill Farrell. What are we looking at? We're looking at a lot of really, really good wrestlers. I'm particularly interested in the 65 kilogram bracket that will feature Pico and Steber and J.O. And I think I'm missing another big name uh, that is going to be tremendous. So I'm really looking forward to that. Dake Ruth potential matchup. I hear conflicting things. Is is Dake wrestling or not? I I thought it was tweeted by 8 Squad. Right? Did I not see that? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, yes, it was, but then I don't know. Well, well, what? What don't you know? What have you heard? I thought because I thought I got a text message or something later that he wasn't or something. I don't know. Maybe I could be wrong. Sounds like something you would know. I mean, look at. I mean, he's, look at your he's phone. not registered. Oh. I don't know. Let's just hope it happens. That'd be fun, eh? That'd be awesome. I hope it does happen. I'd love to see him. Uh, man, a potential Dake Ruth. It's crazy. And there's there's a lot of guys like not to get ahead of ourselves. There's a lot of good guys at 86, but 86 you know, is crazy deep. Let's let's it would be it would be interesting to see, isn't that? That's for sure. I mean, Dake probably won a national title at 57 the one year that Ruth was wrestling. 84. 84. So. When he won, no, when he won at 57, Ruth won at 74. 74. That was when he beat Amucha Stegui and uh, Dake beat St. John. So yeah, but regardless, you got legends wrestling against each other 57's really deep i've seen a bunch of names including uh one daniel dennis we'll get to get a look at i love watching dan dennis wrestle and a lot of people they want to see how he does you know down at this weight he he was not as good at you know 55 but you know that's there's a pretty big difference between 55 kilograms and um 57 so that will be Definitely something to make note of, but you, you got how about how about international guys? I I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, I haven't um, I haven't kept up, caught get got caught up with all the all the hubbub about or like who the who the international guys that are I coming. Haven't, up. I haven't seen many. Just looking at 57, uh, the big names I'm seeing. Hawks I mean, you keep them under wraps, right? The the foreign countries kind of like keep it secretive. I guess uh, I don't know. Nathan Tomasello's going. Let's let's not worry about the. I don't know anything about the foreign competition. We got an email that all these Russians were going to come, but it was like, I think it's going to be hooey. Like, pr- name a big name Russian. They were. Yeah, they they put like their first teamers on it, and then I was talking to somebody at USA Wrestling, and they were like, "Yeah, they do that every year, and they never come." Yeah. So we'll see. Who we'll knows? see what shows up. But it's an Olympic year, you know. So who knows? Yeah, it may it may be a little different. Interesting to see Jared Cortez. Gonna wrestle at fifty-seven. Um, so he's gonna That's make one. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, Cortez, Nick Simmons, Obi Blanc, Hayeswinkle, Michich, Nathan Tomasello. We're not dude. Tomasello. Ooh, he could do really well here. I Renan and Bill were supposed to go Greco, but I don't think they are now. I yeah, I, I know that. Um, that Manville's not. At 65, big names, Scannon here, Pico, Habit, Molinero, J.O., Kellen Russell, Kendrick Maple, Logan Steber. Oh, um, yeah, that's nasty. Mario Mason. That's what happens when it's a qualifier, you know. 
everybody goes. Right, right. It's huge. 74 is nasty. Anthony Valencia. Bexod Abdurakmanov. There's a, um, a foreign guy. That's awesome. Right. I love watching him wrestle. He's so good. He blew a couple matches. He did. He was good. Oh, that was heartbreaking. Extremely. Um, at 74, man, take a look at Anthony Valencia. has got a great chance to win this. Uh, Abdurakmanov's probably the favorite. But brr, looking around here, he's going to be tough to beat. Well, 74 is Oh, good. Nick Marable. Nick Marable's in it. Nick Marable's going to win 74. I saw him. Nick Marable. You got Marable over Bexod? Uh, ooh. 270 kilo guys. Maybe. Yeah. I'll take Nick. You will? I mean, I like Nick. And I like, I mean, maybe when he's not cutting a leg off to make 70, you know, he'll be even. He'll be even better, but you know, Bexad was was he bronze that year? Two years ago, yeah, the yeah, year. yeah. Okay, I don't know. I mean, but uh, yeah, you're right. Nick can go with him. Yeah, I'm just taking him. Nick could beat him, yeah. Just because there's really not there's not sound logic behind it. Um, at 86, Clayton Foster, Chris Perry, uh, come to mind. Of course, we already mentioned Ed Ruth, uh, and yeah, like you said, I don't. Dake is not registered, so Dake's not registered, but they tweeted it, right? Is that how it went down? I think we saw that tweet. John Reeder, Robert Hamlin, Timmy McCall, who I saw at NC State. Tyler Caldwell is interesting. He's going up. He's at 86, right? Right. Which I don't he blame look, him. Oh, he's at Super 32. He didn't look that big. He looked pretty big to me. Did you stand next to him? No, I did see him from afar. Yeah, he, he looked big. It, it, I, it was one of the first things I noticed. And Zahid Valencia also at 86. So we'll get both Valencia brothers. Yeah. And... So now we're at 97, very small. Um, Wynn Mahalik, Micah Burak, JD, Dustin Kilgore, Zabriskie, Kale Byers. So not not a loaded field. And then 125, uh, Medbury and Gwiz look like the two big guns there. And you think, Gwiz, huh? It's, it, man, so it's, Gwiz uh... will have it. Gwiz will, if he wins, he qualifies for the trials. So he doesn't even have to worry. Um, about, I mean, he's going to win NCAAs, in my opinion, but <laughs> something happens, weirder upsets have happened, and if he doesn't... Interesting. I, I find it interesting that he's going. Why? Mm, I don't know. I mean, didn't last year's NCAA qualify him or no? No, he got to win this year. Okay. Which, is um, which I'm pretty sure he's confident that he will win it again. Uh, but, may, you know, maybe he wants the freestyle minutes. Think well. Think about it like this: He's got to qualify for it, right? He's yeah. got to do it here, or he'd have to do it at in the middle of the season. Middle yeah. of the season, he he could just train. I think he's trained freestyle up to this point, and then so you get it done in the first month of the season, and then you then you can make the switch to folk style for from November to March to April. Mm-hmm. So I think it it makes way more. Oh, Tyrell Fortune's also in the mix here at one twenty five. I didn't see that. Is Zach Ray involved? No. no. Ray's automatically in. He's a world teamer. Yeah. Kind of yeah. interesting. So, yeah, that's the that's the Bill Farrell field, and we just dropped a lot of names, and there were some big names on there I didn't even get to. So it's not yeah, going to be interesting. something. Um, going to be awesome, awesome weekend there. Yep, fired up for that. So that's – you get to stay home this weekend, don't you, Willie? Willie? I cut out for a second. Yeah. You can't hear me now? 
I hear you now, brother. That's okay. Well, it's time to go anyways, Willie. Time to go. You know, so we're going to wrap it up here. The We should be able to come at you next Tuesday. No problem. Um, we thank you guys so much for listening. At which time, the pound for pound will still look the same. Oh, my gosh. Why, why are you ending on such a negative note? The guys, give Willie some feedback. Don't let this stand. Let your, let your voices be heard. Let the voices of freedom ring out for Dayton Fix and Nick Soriano. Give us a five-star rating. Give a one-star or no-star rating to Willie Sailor's ranking. Subscribe on iTunes, and we will see you next Tuesday. Mike, drop.